all authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. authors. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is with P.L. Stewart, a Canadian fantasy author, and we chat on everything you need to know about hybrid publishing internationally. P.L. and I go into greater detail about all the publishing options currently available to authors at this time, royalties, author advances, and P.L. shares his tips for writers on hybrid publishing and much more. So in my author adventure this week, I had an author goal of mine met yesterday when I received an email from the collections librarian at the university I attended. And it was to say that they were going to go ahead with the purchase of my non-fiction books, freelance writing, quick tips for fast success and author fears on how to overcome them. And they said that they would make a great addition to their collection. So I am very, very proud to have them there. as I studied my writing degree there and I learned so much and it was a wonderful time for me and to think you know students can now borrow my books and gain from my experience to help them in their writing adventure it just is thrilling Uh, so I'd contacted them to see if they would be interested and I believe they probably purchased the digital files because yeah that's what I had been advised but uh, yeah I mean my books I feel like especially the freelance writing one students writing students is the target audience there so it's what these books are for helping students uh, especially writing ones I did a bachelor's of arts I feel like my books are truly starting to find their audience so yeah, it was very exciting. The collections librarian said that they, you know, they had their own suppliers, so it wasn't a direct sort of sale for me, but that's how the library systems work. So yeah, very, very pleased about that. In my caravan plans, I have pretty much booked the first couple of months of our lap around Australia which wasn't easy to do, I have to say. It took a couple of days of sort of, uh, you know, going between my husband and dates and times and all sorts of things. So, yeah, but I'm really, really excited about the the route that we're going to be taking up uh, Western Australia. And I've only booked as far as Broome up the top because across, uh, I think it's called the Fitzroy Crossing, it's a bridge, has been damaged by flood water about a month ago or a couple months ago. So we don't even know if we can get across the sort of top into the Northern Territory of Australia. So we're going to just sort of wait up there. Uh, You know, that's a couple of months from now. So we're hoping that the bridge will have been fixed or they've got other means. And we've seen a couple of posts saying that they're planning on in the next month sort of having something in place or fingers crossed, Otherwise, we'd have to come down, maybe go back the way or go down the centre of Australia. And it's a massive place. Uh, And that would be very timely, costly, with fuel and all sorts of stuff. So keep your fingers crossed for us that we can do that. I am still 
Now I'm still writing my top secret projects, which I am talking about on my newsletter only. So if you're interested in following that adventure, uh, women's fiction, you can head over to thehybridauthor.com.au and www.hybridauthor.com.au and sign up for your free author pass, which then puts you on the mailing list to get fortnightly newsletters from me and that keeps you up to date how I'm traveling with this project, how I'm handling it because it's not something I've done before. Also hybrid author musings from myself that you don't get anywhere else. I'm quite personal on the podcast but I'm super personal on the newsletter and share a lot more. So if you love the podcast or any of the episodes has helped you further in your author career, you can now pay it forward by buying me a coffee over at buymeacoffee.com slash thehybridauthor. Let's all support each other. P.L. Stewart was born in Toronto, Canada. He holds a university degree in English specialising in medieval literature. PL is an assistant editor with Before We Go blog. He is also the author of the best-selling A Drowned Kingdom Saga Chronicles. The Drowned Kingdom is mentioned in the esteemed Kirkus magazine's 2020 indie issue among four great examples of the genre of fantasy and won the 2022 Picky Bookworm Award for the best indie book based on mythology. He's also a co-host of Page Chewing, a regular booktube event that features creatives from the broader writing community, including authors, bloggers, editor, agents, and more. Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast, PL. Thanks so much, Joanne, for having me. I'm very honored to be here. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You know, so tell us, how is it you got into the writing game? Well, I've wanted to uh, publish a book since I was very young. And then late in life, uh, when I became an empty nester, so all the adult kids uh, out of the house, and uh, you just have so much more time at a later stage in the career where you're not so much uh, looking to climb uh, the ladder, but more, you know, settle in. And uh, so it was easier to devote more time to writing. Uh, my lovely wife, Debbie, agreed to uh, be my business partner. So we treat it as a startup business. And uh, we, we, we went to partnership together. And uh, so to be, you know, essentially an entrepreneur team. And uh, so far, it's been wonderful. It's been fantastic. Yeah, I love that. I think that's absolutely gorgeous. Does your wife write as well or? No, she doesn't write and she doesn't read fantasy. So, um, you know, it, it's interesting there, but she's uh, got a fantastic uh, business mind and she's uh, great with marketing promotion, a very intelligent lady. And obviously because, you know, we get along, so I like to think so. Um, it was it was an easy decision and we moved forward with self-publishing as opposed to traditional publishing. And uh, again, it's been a, a fantastic journey. Not everyone gets the opportunity to work with their partner and to work so well with their partner on this kind of endeavor. So yeah, um, I couldn't be happier. Yeah, that was, sounds like a great partnership and having a business mind to help with your author, you know, uh, dreams and stuff is always handy. So no, that sounds great. Well, we've connected because this uh, today's topic is largely centered around the article that you wrote, you know, a while back for the Jericho Writers titled Everything You Need to Know About Hybrid Publishing. So can you tell us a bit about Jericho Writers, the article that you wrote, Origin, you know, where did that sort of come from well jericho writers is uh is fantastic because um they provide a lot of great information for the writing community one thing especially as a as an author who has aspirations to be published in any form is that when you're novice to the game 
Um, you're looking to find out which uh, method via which you're going to publish. You're looking for uh, industry experts and you're looking for credible sources. Uh, Jericho Writers is one of those sources, you know, because I think one of the hardest things, especially in the writing industry, is that there are disreputable publishing organizations there, unfortunately, just as they are in any other uh, industry. And um, unfortunately, writers can get taken advantage of in a variety of ways. Their intellectual property is vulnerable. Their hard-earned money in terms of, you know, when someone offers you something and makes all the promises in the world to uh, assist you with publishing your work and those promises are are, are not delivered, um, that can be very disheartening and, and a setback. Um, and we're not just talking about financially, of course, emotionally, uh, psychologically, because, you know, as a creative, uh, you give so much of yourself to writing. If you, unfortunately falling with the wrong people or led astray by the wrong organization, that's extremely problematic and can derail what could be a burgeoning uh, writing career. So um, it's great to have places like Jericho Writers that you can go to for sound advice. They seek out people with some knowledge in the field who are willing to uh, provide uh, information, legitimate information <laughs> that can be passed on to others because my the audience for an article like that would be aspiring writers and writers just like me who are trying to find their way, uh, navigate through this, the often complex world of publishing, which now is an industry in an area that, you know, has so many iterations, you know, from the full traditional publishing model that most of us somewhat, you know, know and understand to uh, everything in between, all the way up including to complete self-publishing at the other end of the spectrum. So that's why I wrote that article, more for information for someone like me, who is still very much in some ways a novice in terms of uh, publishing, but has some modicum of experience. So trying to help guide and potentially protect um, some fellow writers from some unfortunate circumstances that I've seen happen in the industry. Yeah, yeah, no, well said there. I've, I've seen some of the stuff that they put out. Obviously, Jericho Writers is not local to to me in Australia. We have the Australian Society of, Society of Authors that we sort of that advocate for our rights and give good information and seems to be the go-to to help authors in Australia. But uh, if someone does, you know, there is so many publishing bodies now, isn't there, that pop up and uh, some of the the costs um, that they ask for authors up front. And like you said, if they get a bad product or that someone's not true and you forked out this lot of money, although then you're out financially, but like you said, you're also also got the emotional, you know, feelings towards that too, especially if that's your first introduction into publishing, then you've got burned. It can just, like you said, derail someone from continuing on. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a few sharks out there, which, so it's good, good that that's out there. And your article is fantastic. I, I really, enjoyed reading it for all the different types of publishing that is available like you've really tapped into that can you share some of the information of the article of the different types of publishers and yeah yeah what you'd included in there Absolutely. I want to start by saying that, you know, in the article, I try to compare and contrast specifically traditional publishing as as one end of the spectrum versus essentially hybrid publishing, which is somewhere more in the middle rather than at the other end, which is which is the other end is complete self-publishing. We talk a bit about traditional publishing, which is a model that most people beyond the writing sphere are somewhat familiar with and to be honest with you is essentially in terms of credibility and in terms of you know it doesn't mean it's not they're not issues in the traditional publishing industry it doesn't mean that it can't be fraught with a bunch of concerns which which I won't get into now later until we have time later however you know these are multi-million dollar corporations that come with a, a certain validity to them so big five publishing houses and all their imprints if 
you are authentically dealing with someone from those organizations, uh, you're going to be fine in terms of, you know, once you have a rep, once you have a viable agent representing you and or you've done direct querying with the publisher and then, you know, they're willing to, uh, you know, explore a contract with you unagented, you're going to be okay because you're dealing with, again, a reputable uh, agency. You know, that model, of course, you typically obtain, uh, you query a literary agent. Um, that can take a long time that, and there's no guarantee you ever do secure a literary agent. So that's how you nominally get uh, a traditional publisher to uh, give you a book deal. So after creating a literary agent, then your agent will essentially try and sell your work on your behalf to one of the traditional uh, publishing, the big five or smaller. There are, I shouldn't just focus on the big five. So please forgive me. There are <laughs> many other smaller publishers that are not part of the big five uh, and their imprints. But essentially, if once you, you get an agent, they can pitch your work to a reputable, hopefully reputable, uh, traditional publisher. Is that... Uh, speaking um... with big five... Sorry, is that is that the way of it, like in America? Because like in Australia, it's less common. People sort of go straight to the publishers and they sometimes mm -hmm. get an agent and stuff, but they don't, only in some of the big five publishers do you need an agent in Australia to be able to get your work in front of them. I think HarperCollins is one. But in some some of the other ones, I've, I've kind of opened like on a wacky Wednesday or one day during the year for unsolicited manuscripts. Is that the same in America or not? You, you have to have an agent to submit to these places they don't have open days or anything you no know? you're correct joanne and, and just to clarify i am in canada um, i'm not oh, in the united states oh sorry but, yeah <laughs> um, it, Whoops. oh no problem <laughs> no problem but it's very it's very similar you know but they do yes uh traditional publishing companies especially recently have had uh special windows in which they open to unagented uh queries that select a window sometimes they might not occur for years or months depending on you know the organization and then of course those are hotly competitive, you know, you might have thousands and thousands of uh, queries, direct queries in a day, and they're going to select a very small percentage of those to actually, well, first of all, when they're selecting, that means they're selecting you to say that they're interested. That doesn't mean that at the end of the day, they'll uh, a deal waiting for you. But, you know, yes, that does happen. Uh, oh, oh in North America. And I'm, I'm not, I can't comment about the UK. I believe it's similar. Thinking about some of my UK friends who are, are traditionally published there. But again, you know, that is the nominal way you quit, you pitch to an agent. And again, that can take many forms. There's all kinds of ways to pitch an agent. There's things like uh, in the past, been, there's been essentially um, competitions like Pitmad and, and, and all sorts of methods by which to uh, pitch to an agent. Agents might be interested in working, but only want to want a partial a query to see some of what you got some they may want to see all of what you have in terms of what you're pitching to them to to sell to a traditional publisher and even once you have an agent again there's no guarantee that you'll ever get a book deal there's there's a lot of great writers out there that have agents and their agents are working diligently to sell their work however for whatever reasons the publishers haven't uh, haven't felt that it's something that they can sell or that would fit you know, what they're looking for. Not to belabor that the point of traditional publishing, that's, you know, like, again, most people understand that model. That's the the primary way that that uh, most writers today, a lot of them would probably look at, if I'm going to get published, that's the way I want to do it. But then we have, like I said, the more in-between models where, uh, you know, smaller presses and hybrid type presses where there is some uh, mimicking of the traditional pub publishing model. However, it's somewhat different. So for example, in, a, in the traditional publishing model, typically you are receiving an advance once you've signed a book deal, the traditional publishing company is forwarding you in advance uh, for your work, for your intellectual property. And, you know, that can range from, uh, there, there's a lot of, unfortunately, in the industry now, there's a lot of zero advances out there. You're, you might be getting nothing. However, you're not paying anything to publish your book. That's in the big fives. They don't have as many zero advances. But 
At the same time, you could get something like I want to say that Fair, the uh, novel by uh, by 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 Prince Harry. I think I believe (laughs) the advance was something like twenty million. I think I I can't remember if it was twenty million, but of course that that is currently, I believe, the fastest selling. uh, You know, I I think they knew that. Yeah. Have you read it? (laughs) No, I haven't. I plan to, but 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 so that's on the extreme, 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 extreme (laughs) high end of an advance, right? And then you have the nominal. I was just going to say, I learned the other day, I had heard, and I don't know about Canada, whether it's the same there, but I had heard advances were dead in the water here. But then some writer mm-hmm. friends that I met up with said that, you know, that wasn't true. They're, they're, they still receive advances for their books. And I'd also heard that, um, oh, what was it that you, if you, if your books don't sell or you don't earn out your advance, I thought you had to pay back the advance or whatever was left, like you'd done that, which they told me was a load of rubbish. Do you know much about that from, from Canada, if, if that's the case? If you get an advance and then say you, your books don't pay out that advance... Do you still just get to keep the money or you're not sure? <laughs> well, my understanding is for the, for the most part, you do. It's just that you won't have your contract renewed and or, your, you know, if yeah. you say you had a three book deal, the first book doesn't sell, then potentially um, mm. there will be a clause that the that the contract can be ceased, right? I've had writer friends that have had that happen and they've had to fight to get their rights back and then try and resubmit elsewhere or self-publish it, et cetera. So it can happen. Unfortunately, um, you know, what people have to realize about traditional publishing is that even when it's like you have to win the lottery several times and then there's still no guarantees. So you you win the lottery, you secure an agent. That could take years, uh, thousands of pitches potentially. You secure an agent. Then that agent has to pitch your, your work. Then you secure a contract. That's win the lottery the second time. And then the real lottery is that you are one of the select select authors that are being published in that year at that time that are going to be really pushed promotional-wise by your traditional publishing company. You know, it is a complex formula which differs from company to company as to who is going to get that that real big endorsement pushed behind them versus who is not some authors essentially languish in obscurity even with a book deal and perhaps the company for whatever reason yeah they've given them a deal but they're not they're not promoting their work in the same way as someone else and those select few authors tend to become those new york times bestsellers and and usa today's bestsellers and et cetera, et cetera, and you know sunday times bestsellers and and uh, the rest do not some of them only get their initial book deal and then aren't picked up again and some of them have their book deals as i said severed you know in, in the midst depending on the contractual you know scope of the of the contract can potentially have that severed mid contract so you know it's it's it is it's not a guarantee it is somewhat volatile a lot of people i think feel that okay well oh this so-and-so got a book deal so they're sitting on easy street you know they don't have to worry about anything again they just have to write their books and they don't have to market them well that's the other factor that traditional publishers the big five especially are putting more and more uh, emphasis on their writers doing more promotion, uh, doing more interviews, doing more, going on social media more. Some publishers, and depending on the imprint, aren't as worried concerned about that. Some are. So, you know, you'll find that traditional, traditional published authors are doing a lot more of their own marketing, etc. I just want to quickly comment on hybrid publishing. So hybrid publishing, go back to that advance, which is a key point. You mentioned zero advances, but also in, in a lot of the hybrid publishing models, because it's 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 more of a collaborative effort in terms of the, the sales and marketing and cost from the books that the authors don't receive in advance, however, they don't pay to publish their book. And uh, the profits are shared somewhat differently from, whereas, you know, we talk, you talk, you mentioned uh, aptly advances in that. Typically, the way traditional publishing advances work is that uh, while you may not have to pay back the advance, if you get an advance for $100,000 until you've 
essentially sold $100,000 worth of books that you're not getting any further monies, then you start getting royalties from that, right? So you may, may take you five years until you see more, unless you write more books and you get subsequent deals and advances. So um, that's the catch 22 of getting that, that shiny big check that, um, you know, until you, uh, you earn out, you won't necessarily get any more. Right. And in the meantime, the royalties are, are being recouped by the company. So with hybrid publishing, you know, and there's so many models, I, I couldn't, we would spend, we take 10 podcasts to, to, to talk about them all, mm, but essentially yeah. it's something lesser. If you want to think of it as lesser than the kind of deals you get in traditional publishing, where sometimes there's a, there's a crowdfunding model where the, the publisher has to do a campaign to raise funds for your book. And if they raise the funds and they publish you, if they don't, then, you know, the contract is null and void. Like there's so many different models, right? But just think of anything that's hybrid is typically not that full. Hey, I got an agent, I got a book deal, I get an advance. And, you know, I just, I write and, and they market and promote the book. And I don't pay for printed costs and I don't pay for cover design. I don't pay for any of that stuff. I get paid for my intellectual property. And uh, if I earn out, then everything, then I start getting a percentage of, of everything else that's earned. Yeah, there is like hybrid models here where the author does pay. Like they still sort of, they don't just, it's not like every author, some of them anyway, every author can approach these pub, uh, hybrid publishers, pay and get them to do the book. There's still a vetting process. So I guess they keep that traditional aspect in. So they look at who, or they actually um, get in touch with some authors as well. But they make the, they, there is a package deal, which is the author's pay and it's it's quite substantial when i've looked at some of them I've, I've thought whoa you know and what are you actually getting for that i've i've seen a friend of mine's just done it for two picture books and i think the quality has been really good there and they've actually uh i won't go into company names or anything like that that this company has worked with them quite well like a, a traditional publisher and has offered a tiny bit further marketing so there was a good kind of deal there but i feel like like what you were saying before there can be companies out there who are who are putting up money where the author well the author's putting up money and then they're not receiving quite as much i think you really have to look at the fine fine lines there don't you i think in some of them as well have it that they own the rights of the book or but i, I hybrid publish in the sense that i self-publish my non-fiction I look at hybrid publishing like this, but I'm seeking traditional representation. So for me, it's just a hybrid of working with a traditional publisher, but also being yes. the publisher myself. So that's that's kind of my my model. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the ones, I guess, where the author doesn't have to pay, I suppose. I don't know if we've got them here. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's an excellent point. And it, probably, it varies probably region to region throughout, throughout the world. And there's all kinds of models, models where the authors get a partial advance, models where the authors have to do all of their own promotion. And then if there's only a nominal amount of promotion by the, the company, the hybrid model. And in some cases it's shared, it's based on, you know, sales, then the company will pitch in a certain amount of, of additional promotion and ads. Like it, there's, there's so many, just a plethora of models, right? Uh, but anything less, as I said, I think, and you raised some, some excellent points again. My, in my mind, the way I try and sort all that out is anything less than the big five kind of deal and some of the smaller, but, but still somewhat big traditional public companies that rank somewhat below the big five. Anything less than that is, is essentially a hybrid, right? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, if you're, if you're not getting paid the full route, you're, if you're not getting advanced and you're putting any money towards uh, publishing, 
then essentially I don't consider it a trend. And that's just my opinion of the industry, you know, because there's so many, I mean, there's everything I'm, I'm published essentially vanity press and, you know, I pay, I mean, it's not exorbitant. Some of the first book was because of the way things are structured, but you know, I, I pay essentially what, what a traditional, what a, sorry, what a completely self-published author would pay in terms of cost. My costs are roughly around the same. Um, however, I get some of the advantages of one-stop shopping for all those things that a complete self-published author would have to either do themselves or subcontract out, mm. like cover design, um, you know, like printing and all those things, right? So I kind of, you know, that's my way because I'm terribly inadequate technically uh, with technology and extremely, you know, inept with a lot of that stuff. So I come up with a cover concept. My little uh, indie publisher, self-publishing assist company, or Vanity Press, whatever you want to call it, they bring that to life. And I approve it or (laughs) say no, and then I'm moved on. You know, I don't worry about, okay, I get in my editor to correct the manuscript. I forward that Word document to the publisher, and they put it in a beautiful format and fancy and, you know, put all the diagrams and family trees and maps together. And for me, that I submit in rough draft in my little, you know, my little childlike uh, penmanship and, <laughs> and they make it all pretty. Right. So, um, you know, I, I, so it's, it's, that's an easy model for me yeah, because yeah. I do a lot less work. Yeah. Right. Well, and, we're so, and, and, um, we're so lucky to have so many models and, uh, be so much choice these days compared to in the past and stuff. So we're very lucky there. And I, like you said, I think it's personal preference for what you can do or yeah, that sort of thing. So do you, you write the manuscripts, you've got an editor and then you send the work off to your publisher and then they format it and put it into a product essentially is that how your model is yeah that's correct um so i have an outside editor because cheaper they have inside editors that they could we could use again some contract have used the past but they're more expensive so to save costs like for this book i went with an outside editor a great person that i knew did a phenomenal job and it saved you know thousands of dollars <laughs> and um you know i you can do things for example with the company i'm with the self-published publishing assist company or vanity press fees and presses that you buy various packages as you, you talk about packages. So you can buy a high end package where you get a, you can, you know, for example, you cover, you can get 15 different images and all this stuff. However, that's expensive. So I keep it with one simple image and a background kind of thing. And, you know, so that saves on cost. Right. And so it, it's, it's, it's all almost a la carte, right. That you can tailor make these elements to suit your budget, to suit what you're trying to accomplish. And, you know, so that's what I like about it. And the company I'm with is very reputable, right. Uh, Freeze and press and they have a, their parent company Friesen is a long history in printing and, and things like that. So, you know, that those things attract to me, they have a lot of resources. They're very reputable and I've had a great experience there and that's good. You know, they've, they've yeah. helped me produce a great product. So, but that's my experience. And, mm. and I did a lot of homework before I went with them. And, and even still, they are very expensive. Yeah. I tell everybody up front, I said that in the article, they are very expensive. So, uh, or they can be, depending on what you want to accomplish. If you're writing a simple memoir that you just want, you know, do you want to put on your shelf and say, it's really cool that you wrote a book and, you know, your fan, there's nothing wrong with that. You just want your family to read it perhaps. And you're not looking to essentially sell and make money off of that book. Then, you know, that's great. You can get a cheaper package and that's great. But however, if you want to produce what I produce, which is an epic fantasy series, seven book long fantasy series, uh, that can get pricey. Not that much more pricey potentially than if I was doing it all on my own, but but it can get pricey. Mm-hmm. So 
um, yeah, that's, you know, uh, that, that's the model that I used. Yeah, no, that sounds like it really works for you, which is great. And I think you've hit the nail on the head there saying, you know, do your research, have have writer friends, obviously, recommend to you different places. Does, obviously, the Jericho Writers is a great place for, for writers to get information. Do they, do, have you heard of any services where we're obviously not going to go into names or anything like that of companies, but, you know, they, they will say reputable companies. Is there anywhere like a watchdog services that sort of have a list of B, I think I've heard of writers writers beware before and they you know you could go there to maybe check if the companies how, how they fare if they're legit kind of thing have you have you heard of any lists out there like that or not really yeah i'm a member of uh, alliance of independent authors or alli they're a great organization i'm, I'm not a like in the higher tier memberships where you get access to a lot of the the real the there's some fantastic information out there where they publish a list of um their ranking system actually for all publishers uh based on reputation if they they flag issues for example you know this particular publishing company was fine however yeah, they did. They had like a a good rating, and then now, you know, they update it the next day, and it's like, oh, this this company's been flagged for you know whatever, not getting back mm-hmm. to their clients in a timely manner, or you know, potentially absconding with people's rights or whatever. So it, you know, alliance of of independent authors, A L L I. That that's that's really great for self-published authors, especially it's nonprofit. Um, their their mission is you know ethics and and that like that's one of the I think that's a really good uh, organization, right? Um, there's a lot of benefits to becoming a member. They have you know codes of member code of standards. Like it's it's a really good it's it's a really good organization. So um, you know those there, but there are others like that similar, and I'm sure there's more out there. That's just the one that one of the ones that I one of the bigger ones that I know of. So and those are things you need to find out on your own when you are especially a self-published author and and even as a traditionally published author you know because things can change and you know you might be with a, a reputable company that you say say it's not one of the big five but it's still a fairly large uh traditionally published company and things are going well and then something happens right mm-hmm. um you know there's some kind of corporate malfeasance or something happens and you're not aware of it and then you're all signed up and then you find out oh you know this happened recently and it's really affecting you know, uh, my book. Uh, so because we all know that regardless of how you go, obviously the, the timelines for publication and self-publishing and even hybrid are typically more expeditious than in traditional publishing. It takes a while to get a book written and published, right? <laughs> you know, and that's a significant investment of time. And if you're publishing less than full traditional, potentially significant investment of money. So before you invest all that time or money, as we talked about, Joanne, do your homework, do your research and make the right decision for you. And and a lot of, as much time as you spend, right? My, my theory is this, as much time you spend writing, spend that, spend the same amount of time researching who you're going to publish with and how are you going to do it? Yeah. I've heard that for marketing as well. The same, <laughs> same amount of time you put into writing and I, I don't know about publishing, but the same time for marketing as well. So yeah, tell us about your books then. And uh, obviously it's going really well. Yeah, so uh, I am self-publishing a seven-book epic fantasy series called The Drowned Kingdom Saga. Um, the first book is was published in uh, 2021. That's called The Drowned Kingdom. The second book uh, was published in 2022, uh, The Last of the Atalanteans. The third book is titled Lord and King is uh, going to be published imminently, hopefully in the next few months. And again, that's the third book in what I plan, a seven-book series. I also plan to write, when I complete the seven-book series, three uh, prequel trilogies uh, based on characters that live 
before the events of, of my main series. And then I plan to write a subsequent seven book series to kind of wrap up my universe. So about 20 books planned in total. I'm enjoying a small modicum of success. I wouldn't say that I'm wildly successful at all. I have many self-published friends that are far, far more successful than I am. However, I'm grateful for what success I have enjoyed. You know, and so the self-publishing landscape is really changed. You know, it's become a really viable means to get your work out there and, and essentially, potentially uh, earn a, a decent wage. You know, I have friends that have been so successful self-publishing, they've left their full-time jobs and and they're they're full-time writers. Um, you know, and there's and I have traditionally published friends that can't say the same, you know, That's so it. so it, and vice versa, of course. And you know, but again, the the landscape is changing and you know, I am enjoying again the journey and I'm growing, hopefully evolving as a writer and as a part of a, a writing business team. And you know, as I get better at both, I hope to enjoy you know, the fruits of the fruits of that labor. So yeah, well, it sounds like it's going really well. And no, it just sounds absolutely fantastic. Did you ever consider the traditional model? Or you just thought no, for what we want to do? This is uh, this is for us. It sounds like you're going to be busy for the next like 20 years with all those series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I will be I, and I never say never. I, you know, the, again, I, Joanne, the industry is changing rapidly. And, and what I've seen in the industry is a lot of self published authors who now have agents that aren't even looking for traditional deals. They're using their agents more as uh, quasi editors, um, advisors, and but they use them specifically for if they get big enough for doing things like negotiating international rights deals and translation uh, deals and things like that. And they're, and they're not, they're successful. Then they're not even seeking uh, trad deals. And of course, I have a lot of friends who are traditional writers and they're doing quite well and they're loving it. And they don't worry about a lot of the headaches that that a self-published author would have to. Uh, and they more concentrate on writing their books and not as much marketing and not as much promotion. And they don't have to worry about finding a cover artist that's found for them. And they don't, you know, their appearances and their, their conventions are arranged for them and they're told to show up. And, you know, so, I mean, but essentially I always leave the door open, but the industry is changing. I don't know and this is my very unexpert opinion, opinion. I don't know if the traditionally published model will exist the same way by the time, you know, assuming I, you know, I, I enjoy a long, healthy life that I, it will exist in the same way in the next 20 to 30 years. I don't know if it will. I think that like the music industry, the way, you know, you have players like Amazon, who's totally revolutionized the self-published industry and the, the big five have shrunk considerably. They were once the big 10 or so or more and now they're you know they're really contracting you know the self-publishing industry is very swift to respond very flexible they publish whatever the you know whatever people want to publish and then the market dictates what sells and how, the amount of promotion and how successful the author is at that but the traditional publishing model is very different you know they react to trends and they they publish what they believe sells and they're experts there and they do a lot of analysis spend millions of dollars to figure out you know what will sell and what won't so not that they're not good at their job, it's just that um, they're a bit more unwieldy and 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 not as quick to respond to perhaps some trends that maybe they're not aware of or maybe not willing to be aware of because after all, they're big bureaucracies, right? As much as they're successful multinational corporations that comes with bureaucracy. So they're not just going to do X and they can't, and even if they want to, they can't do it quickly. Uh, whereas a self-published author, I mean, I have seen a lot of self-published authors now that have successfully obtained book deals uh, specifically because of how successful they've been as self-published authors. And there's a lot of authors out there like the Travis Baldry's New York Times bestseller who originally published his book, Legends and Lattes, as this cozy fantasy as, you know, he wrote it for a national writing contest. And yeah, I said, oh, okay, I'll self-publish it. I'm an audio narrator. I've narrated for a lot of big authors. I kind of know the industry. I'll self-publish it. 
lightning in a bottle. He he had a lot of people, great, great people behind him in his corner. Of course, he did some great work with marketing and different things. And suddenly it took off and it started selling hotcakes. Wow. So much so that, okay, now then people are after him for a book. And he, get an agent, get a book deal. And now he's a New York Times bestselling author. <laughs> uh, you know, people like Will White, who, have, who is strictly self-published and is a New York Times bestselling author, doesn't have a book deal and is self-published to that level that he sold that well. And, and there's example after example, but I mean, the industry is really changing and I feel mm. that um, I'm going to keep the door open. I'm self-publishing right now. I plan to self-publish my seven book series and then we'll see what happens, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not actively seeking an agent or seeking book deal, but you know, we'll see. That's right? it. Never, never say never. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, PL. Your knowledge has just been outstanding. And I know our listeners have uh, learned so much today. So thank you so much for sharing your time and your expertise with us. Can you, uh, I will obviously link to your article in the show notes and your, your website and stuff, but can you tell us where our listeners can discover your books, you know, if they're in stores or online? Yeah, well, uh, for someone in Australia, it'd be online. The best place to get it is Amazon or through the Ingram Network, uh, Amazon Australia. Amazon UK, et cetera, et cetera, Amazon US or Canada. You know, you can get it anywhere on and the Ingram Writer Ingram Network. So online, places like Barnes and Nobles, et cetera. In Chapters Indigo, the big bookstore in Canada, I'm in selected bookstores. I've been fortunate enough as a self-published author to get uh, you know, um, you know, some regional distribution. Um, there's deals you can get there, self-published out there, like consignment deals and things like that. So I'm in select, but online, you can get me anywhere in chapters, and uh, but in, so physically in select stores. Uh, my website is www.plstore.com. That's where you can learn about uh, more about the uh, my writing, the Drown King Saga, when release, new releases are coming out, etc. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram predominantly as social media platforms. However, Twitter is my preferred social media platform. I'm, I'm much less frequently on Instagram and more infrequently on Facebook. You, I try to keep up with all of them, but it's yeah, impossible. It's hard. You know, it'd have it? to be 15 people. <laughs> yeah. So, but Twitter, if you want to get a hold of me, Twitter is probably the best place. I have to shout out also that I am an assistant editor with the wonderful Before We Go blog, blogging site led by the incredible Beth Tabler. And I'm, I I post a, a lot of my interviews of books I love to. I'm an avid reader. I post a lot of my interviews there on Before We Go blog. Sorry, and sorry, sorry I published my reviews there. But also I have an interview site for authors, uh, an interview blog, essentially, that I publish on my personal website blog called Six on Mental Interviews that I often cross post on Before We Go blog. So uh, and probably the biggest uh, and most fantastic change recently is I am a co-host of a podcast called Page Chewing. Um, it is uh, co-hosted with two wonderful booktubers, uh, Taylor from Maybe Between the Pages and Steve from the wonderful Steve Talks Books. It's on their YouTube channel where we feature creatives uh, for the writing community, self-published and traditionally published community, uh, bloggers, uh, podcasters, agents, et cetera. We've had some pretty, uh, some pretty amazing guests, including people like Janie Wirtz, international bestselling author, Travis Baldry, Ken Louie, international best selling author um you know a lot of a lot of uh, fantastic uh, people on that mm. that podcast so yeah. um, yep check it out page chewing uh go put punch that into youtube and you'll see some great content Oh, wonderful. He's a busy, busy, <laughs> active in the community, but that's fantastic. And I will share all the links in the show notes. And thanks again. That was amazing. Thank you so much, Joanne, for having me. I'm honored to be here. And uh, thanks everyone for the time to listening. So there you have it, folks. The publishing wizard, P.L. Stewart, really knows his stuff there. And it was great to chat to him about hybrid publishing worldwide. His books look incredible. So please head on over and check them out at P.L.'s website. 
next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast. It is a loner sold episode from me and uh, it was really, I guess, I wanted to do this episode because I don't know if it was a bit of an epiphany, if that's what you'd call it, recently that I had and I thought that I just wanted to share. Uh, so it's uh, authorship and all of its returns besides money, although we like money. Um, sometimes it's good just to think about the other stuff that you're gaining in return for the work that you're doing, maybe at this time, and a lot of us by this time or aspiring people just starting out are not making money from their authorship, but I think it's good to remember what your what the other things you're actually gaining in return from it. Uh, put a positive spin on it anyway, because rejection can be hard. So I wish you well in your author adventure this next week. That's it for me. It's bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you're further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.